Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. And I want to say this tonight. I want you to listen to these two statements. Because you've probably heard someone say something like this before. Um, And there's a difference in these two statements. Statement number one, well, I'm just trusting God. Statement number two, I am trusting God. I mean, there's a difference in how I said those. The first one, I I practiced this on Pastor Diane earlier, and I said, what's the difference? And she said, well, the first one was full of doubt. I said, yeah, it sounds like the last resort. I've done everything else, so I'm just going to trust God. The second one sounds more like my response is to trust God. So let me read to you from Proverbs chapter 3. I know you know this verse. It says this, trust, everyone say trust. Trust Trust in the Lord completely. I like that, completely. I think we do really good at trusting in the Lord partially. But it says completely. Don't rely on your own opinions. Look at someone saying he's talking about you. With all of your heart... Rely on him to guide you, and he will lead you in every situation, in every decision that you make. Look at the end of this. Become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. Isn't that a cool translation? It's a very cool translation. Um, The word trust is mentioned over 150 times in the Bible. So it's something God wants us to know about. Here's a good working definition of the word trust. Trust is a firm belief in the reliability, truth, and, or ability of someone or something. Let me say that again. Trust is a firm belief in the reliability, the truth, or the ability of someone or something. It's just this firm belief that I have in someone or something's ability, their reliability, or their truth. So here's the question. Don't answer this out loud. How good are you at trusting God? How good are you? Really, how good are you at trusting God? Now listen to this. A good indicator of how good you are at trusting God is how we act when plans don't go as we think they should. I'm going to say that again. How good are you and I at trusting God? A good indicator of how good we are at trusting God is how we act when plans don't go as we expect them to go. Did that hit home a little bit? Man, when things are smooth, it's easy to say, I've just been trusting God. But when things don't go exactly how you expected them to go, that's when we find out how well we are trusting God or how well we are not trusting God. So here's a title for the next few moments. Here's my title. Trust or bust? Trust or bust? Sounds very direct, but I think that's really accurate. Trust or bust? So I'm going to do what I usually do. I'm going to make three life points and build around this thought tonight about trusting God. Because I I, I believe that the things that you're going through, the things that you're facing the things that you're desiring, the things that you're believing for, the craziness that's uh, in this hour that's around us, 
Um, if we've ever needed to understand trusting God, it's right now. And I just, there's something I want to be understood tonight, that when I talk about trusting God, I'm not talking about trusting God just for, for a phase or a season or for a temporary period of time. I'm talking about laying it out there with our life, long-term trusting God, to have a firm belief in his reliability, his truth, and his ability. So let's, let's make some points. You ready for these? And these are going to be different than you think. I did my best to make them creative. So here's the first one. Um, talking about trust, control is not the goal. Elbow somebody. Say, mm-hmm. <laughs> control is not the goal. Now we're talking about can you trust God with your time, your talents, your treasures? Can you trust God with your future? Can you trust God with your relationships? Can you trust God with the next phase, the next step? Because a good indicator of how well we're trusting is if something doesn't go exactly how we want it to go, how well are we trusting God? Yeah. Control's not the goal. Here's what I mean by that. Sometimes we, uh, we like to figure it out ourselves. Sometimes we want everything to go how we think it should go. And we want to trust God to make sure it goes the way we want it to go. Control is not the goal. Control is the opposite of trust. Are y'all getting where I'm going? Are you feeling me? Yeah, that's so Control is not the goal. So sometimes it's not about us figuring it out. It's not us about us muscling our way through and willing our way through something because that, that's never freedom. That is just frustration. God, I trust you to do it this way. God, I trust you to make the outcome happen this way, doing the pattern that I want you to do. That's frustrating. Freedom is to say, God, you're my source and you are the Lord of my life, so I'm going to trust you in all of these areas. I don't have this scripture on the screen, but Psalm chapter 46, verse 10, I think it's the New American Standard um, translation, says that we need to cease our striving and know that he is God. So we get into, we call it trust, but yet we strive, we compete with God for the answers and the way that we want him to do things. Isn't that an interesting thought when it comes to trust? Because I'll be honest with you, I do believe that I trust God, and I, I often say that I do trust God. But I have to be honest with you, sometimes, maybe unconsciously, I'm trusting God to work it out the way I think it should be worked out. Because we just read a scripture a moment ago. Can, can you put that scripture back up on there for me, Pastor Devin, in Proverbs? Trust in the Lord what? Completely. And don't rely on your own what? Control's not the goal. Don't rely on your own opinions. If there's something I know that we all have, we have strong opinions. And I'll just be real honest with you. Anytime your opinion differs from God's opinion, one of those opinions is wrong. It's probably not his, yes. <laughs> and with all of your heart, rely on him to guide you. 
and he will lead you in every decision that you make. And if you're willing to become close to him and intimate with him in whatever you do, he will lead you wherever you go. So let me share with you a few wrong goals for trust. And I hope these make sense to you. Um, One wrong goal is pleasure. It's pleasure. Here's what I mean by that. Now, I do believe God wants us blessed. He wants us satisfied. But sometimes our pleasure gets in the way of our trust because we want things to work out for our satisfaction. You still with me? There's nothing wrong with enjoyment. Don't misunderstand me. But when we make our pleasure and our satisfaction and our enjoyment over trusting how God might want to do something, that's the wrong goal. I trust you, God, as long as I'm satisfied in the end, but that's the wrong goal. But but let let me back up a moment. Um, I'm assuming there was a moment in your life where you came to God and you said, God, I, I... I'm a sinner and I don't, know how, I don't know how to drive this car anymore. Here are the keys to my life. Would you be the Lord of my life? And I hope you know that God wants to be a full-time Lord, not part-time. So we, if we trust him with the keys and the direction of our life, the goal can't be our pleasure. Okay, y'all didn't like that one. Let me give you another one. Do you know that the goal also can't be perfection? As long as everything works out to a 10, then I'm happy. Okay. I know none of you have ever felt this way or thought this way. But can you see how sometimes we mess up the trust thing? As, as long as God in the end, it's perfect. And as long as God, I'm ultimately satisfied with how it goes and what happens, then I trust you. But what happens the moment that we're trusting God and it's not so pleasurable along the way? I mean, I'm not going, wait a minute, I didn't, I just not what I signed up for. Or what, what if it's not going as perfectly as you want it to go? Can we still trust him? Let me give you a few more. How about this one? Um, how about this is a good one? None of you guys I know have ever done this. Pastor Diane does this all the time. So um, here's another wrong goal, performance. Stick with me. Um, Maybe you've said or you've thought this, God, I've got this. I've got this. Or how am I going to handle this? Or what is it that I need to do? Instead of saying, how does God want me to handle this situation? We can have the wrong goals. Pleasure. Now, don't misunderstand me. I believe God wants you to enjoy Pleasure, you being ultimately satisfied with how it goes, isn't trust. Everything working out for your happiness isn't trust. Everything working out by how well you perform isn't trust. It's trusting him, no matter how your performance is. Let me me give you another one. How about this? Pressure. I wrote this down. This will be for somebody. You can't manage everything and everyone. Some of you need to hear that because there is so much pressure for you to meet everyone else's expectations 
that it's not trusting God, it's pressure to appease or appeal. So I will do it this way because it appeases everyone instead of trusting God of how he would want you to do it. So here's the right goal. It sounds so simple, but it's to put God first. It's to literally put God first and trust him with all of those areas of your life. Because what happens is when you put him first and you stay close to him, then faith comes and then trust comes. The only way you can trust God is if you get to know him and know that he is reliable, he is capable, he is truth, he does care. But when it comes to trust, we will be really frustrated when we're fighting with this control thing. It's really, it is very easy to start trusting God. You get excited on a Sunday, you get excited from a message, you get excited from a scripture, but then you start working your way into this and God's not doing it how you think he should do it or how you thought it would happen. What if we gave up the rights to let God work it out and do it how he sees fit? I would assume in the end you would be satisfied, you would be happy. You would be blessed. Control's not the goal. Let's be honest tonight. That first point, was that for anybody? We're going to be praying for you. Here's the second point. Make your aim the same. Make your aim the same. Make your aim the same aim that God's is. Isn't the glory of God our aim? Is it honoring God? God getting the praise? God getting the glory? God getting the attention? Isn't, isn't that the goal? The kingdom? Isn't that our heart? then we have to make our aim the same aim that God has for our life. And that, that just comes from investing in your relationship with God. Um, a team has to work together to reach the goal line, correct? Football season just kicked off. You can see it all weekend. Team has to work together to reach the goal line. If you're a Ravens fan or a Cowboys fan, the goal line is a mystery to you, but... Um, for the rest of us, you know what a goal line is, right? <clears throat> but if we both know where that goal line is, that's, that's teamwork. So we have to know where that goal line is located, the direction of that goal line. That, that's what the team is moving toward. So you have to get on the same page with God with what the goal is. And what it is that God wants from you or for you in that situation. Here's another cool scripture. Jeremiah chapter 17, two verses. Look at these verses. Blessed is the man or woman who trusts in the Lord. They're not a control freak. They trust in the Lord. They have the same goals. 
that the Lord has and whose hope is in the Lord. And look what it says. You'll be like a tree planted by the waters that spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will it cease from yielding fruit. Trust is very profitable. Trust is very fruitful when you get on the same goal that God is on himself. So, trust may not be what you always thought it has been by some of the things I'm saying. Um, but listen to this. Trust is enough. Trust is enough to get blessed. Trust is enough for longevity. Trust is enough for blessing. Trust is enough for healing. Trust is enough for breakthrough. Trust is actually enough. To trust God is enough. We have to learn what trust is. It's not us being in control. It's us um, uh, making our aim the same that God's aim is. Amen. Amen. So God wants you to count on him. When you count on him, he guides you. When you count on him, he, he comes through. He comes through. Let, let me give you a couple comforting things. I won't, you can write these scriptures down. I don't have them on the screen. But you can trust that in your time of desire or your time of need, that God hears you. You can trust that. God hears me. It, it says that in 1 John 5, 14. It says we have this confidence that if we ask, he hears. So, when you trust God... You have heaven's ear. You have God's ear. You have God's attention. You have God's focus. Have you ever talked to somebody and you knew you didn't have their full focus and full attention? <laughs> Wives. How many, the first person you thought of was your husband. Be honest. <laughs> but do you know that when you trust God, you have God's full attention? Whether it's a need, whether it's a desire, whether it's a circumstance, a situation, or just something you're believing for, you have God's attention. So we trust he's reliable that he hears. Also, not only does he hear, but we trust that he also cares. It's one thing to hear. People tell me stuff, and honestly, I zone out because I'm not really that interested, but God's interested. Don't test me on this after a while. <laughs> but he cares. So he hears and he cares. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, pour out, pour out all of your cares and leave them there because he cares. Okay, so he hears and he cares. And then listen to this. We can trust that he will also work all things out for our good. Yes. He hears, he cares, and he will always work everything out for our good. Isn't that cool? We, let's get on the same aim that he has. In your situation, God wants to develop you, progress you, advance you, take you to the next level. He wants you healed, delivered, set free, blessed. He hears us. He does care. He will always work it out for your good. If he will always work it out for your good, if he starts working it out and it's not the way that you think he might work it out, he's always going to work it out for your good. Yeah. 
He heard you and he cares, so he's going to work it out for your good. He doesn't obligate himself to your calendar or your watch, but he does obligate himself to hear, to care, and always work it out for your good. So when you're kind of wondering what God's up to, he will always work it out for your good. When he didn't work it out in your time frame, your perfect picture, or the pressure, or all the wrong goals, he will always work it out for your good. Remember, a good indicator of whether you're trusting God is what happens when something doesn't go as well or as you expect it to go. Still trust him because what will he do? He'll even take what the enemy meant for evil and actually switch it for your good. He obligates himself to always working it out for your good when you trust him. You ready for another question? What would it look like if you really learned to trust God well? What would it look like? I got some illustrations, some examples. What would it look like if you really trusted God with your time? I don't have time to go into this, but there's a principle from the beginning of the Bible that God still wants active in our life today, and that's the Sabbath. God commanded the land to rest. God commanded us to have a time of rest. And what God was saying was, in the time you give me, I can do more than what you could do with all the time that you sweated and labored over something. But some of us are... um, control freaks with our time and our organization and our hours and our schedules and it's good to be organized but I'm learning that if I trust God with my time more could happen for me through me and with me than when I'm trying to make all my time and hours count Here's another one. What would it look like if you really trusted God with your treasure? How many have seen God do something when you were faithful and consistent to tithe that you couldn't have done yourself? We really trusted God with our tithe, our treasure, because God says, um, you know what, he just asked for 10%. He could have asked for the 90, but he only asked for the 10. But what God could do with the 10% is more than you could do with your 90. But if we really trusted him with our treasure, we'd not just tithe, we'd give offerings, and we'd be very generous. And anybody who lives that way has come to understand, and they prove with their life, financially, resource-wise, they've trusted God in that area, and God's God has proven himself what? Reliable, truthful, and very capable. How about a few more? Trusting him with your talents. Now, that can be a lot of things, your opportunities. Really what that comes down to is when you obey God with your life, God can do something with your life that you could not do no matter how educated, how trained, how skilled, or experienced you might be if you trusted God with obeying him with who you are and what you have Because what's the opposite of this, remember? Control, 
Control is not the goal. If I control my money, if I control my time, if I control my treasure, are y'all hearing me tonight? Um, how, how about this one? Um, relationships. Trusting God in the area of relationships. We know that we all sweat more over relationship than probably anything else, but trust them in relationships. We've all probably had times in our life when God said that relationship needs to end. That date needs to end. That pursuit needs to end. When we trusted him with that, don't anybody raise your hand on this, but you might be looking back and saying, man, if I'd have stuck with that person and married that person, oh Lord, where would I be today? Don't be sitting here and thinking like, if I didn't stick with him, I, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> Are y'all hearing me? Yeah. What if God said, in that, distance yourself. Trust me. How about some other examples? How about this? Um, we have to trust him with our yesterday. We have to trust him with our yesterday. That we're forgiven, that we're free that we're justified, that we're cleansed. Have to trust him with our now. Have to trust him with our tomorrow. Trust him. A firm belief, a firm belief that he is reliable, capable, and he's truthful. And the best indicator is when it doesn't go the way you thought it was going to go, are you still going to Trust him. All right, one more point. Can you all handle one more? So what do we say? Control's not the goal. Make your aim the same. And here's the last one. Pastor Diane actually worded this one for me. Judge and don't budge. Judge and don't budge. Judge and don't budge. I wrote this down in my notes, and this sounded so cool when I wrote it down, and I thought it sounded cheesy, but now I think it sounds cool again. Um... Embrace your limits and lean into his limitlessness. It's what trust is. It doesn't, doesn't mean we don't ever want to grow and get better. What it means is I, I, I see my limits, so I'm going to lean into the fact that he actually is limitless. You have limits to your resource. You have limits to your time. You have limits to your knowledge. You have limits to your wisdom. You have limits to your opportunity. You just have some limits. Sometimes to your strength. You know what trust is? Is us leaning into the fact that he is limitless. That's what I was thinking about this. This is, this is my way of wording this, but what happens... When your faith has a leak. I was talking to somebody today. that they're, they're dealing with a challenge right now. And they said, yeah, I've been dealing with some fear with it. I said, well, fear's natural. Right? Fear comes with diagnosis, challenge, etc. And I said, sometimes our faith can leak a little bit. And hey, I know we're a faith church. We preach faith. We're always going to preach faith. But what happens when your faith is challenged and it leaks a little bit? This is where trust comes in. Because can I say this to you? That even when your faith isn't perfect, 
God's faithfulness always is? I want to show you something really cool in Scripture. I'll wrap this up. Anybody getting anything good? Um, Abraham. Old Abraham. God shows up to Abraham, who was in a pagan culture, and says, I'm going to bless the earth through your descendants. He had no son at that time. And God makes him this promise that you're going to have so many offspring, it's going to be like the sand of the shore, the stars in the sky. We read that promise in the Old Testament. We get in the New Testament. We read that Abraham's the patriotic father of our faith. When we look at the life of Abraham, if you look at it from the end to the beginning, from the end, he would seem perfect. But when you read his journey, well, he wasn't perfect. Made some mistakes. That ever comfort anybody? But from the time he, that promise came, it was pushing 25, 30 years later before anything ever happened that proved what God said. So somehow in those, those years, his faith had to leak. Sometimes during your years of waiting or anticipating, I mean, your faith can leak a little bit. So what, what do you do? Let, let's Romans says this, Abraham never stopped believing God's promise. For he was made strong in his faith to father a child. Because he was mighty in his faith and convinced that God had all the power needed to fulfill those promises that glorified God. So Abraham, just he never stopped trusting God. But how many know that it took more than God and Abraham for that promise to happen? It also took Sarah. You all know how that works, right? The man and the woman. Okay, anyways, that's a different subject. So let me just pull out a verse here. Hebrews eleven eleven. So by faith... Because Sarah's involved in this process. By faith, <clears throat> Sarah herself also received strength to conceive the seed. And she actually bore a child when she was actually well past the age of being able to have a child. Look why. Because she judged him faithful who promised. Judge and don't budge. Judge him faithful. Even when you aren't, judge him faithful. Even when your faith leaks, judge him faithful. Do you get where I'm going with that? Judge him faithful. Because it's easy to consider your situation or your ability, but we need to judge him faithful. When your faith leaks, lean into his faith. Faith and faithfulness, basically the same word in the Bible, lean into his faithfulness. She judged, um, the Amplified Bible says, she considered him reliable and trustworthy. That's what the word judge means. Keep considering him reliable and trustworthy 
judge and don't budge off that. Even when your faith leaks, even when your faith isn't as strong, even when you're challenged to not know how, how, what God's up to, how he's going to work this out, part of trusting is judging God faithful. How do you judge God faithful? You can't judge God based on your past experiences. You have to judge God based on what the word of God exposes about God himself. You can't judge God by someone else's miracle or testimony or lack thereof. You have to trust God and, and, and judge him faithful by what you believe and know. Remember the scripture we read? When you intimately know him, he will lead you. He will impact you. Are you hearing me? Judge God faithful. Second Timothy. 21.13 says, if we're faithless, he remains faithful. Let me do a word play with you. When we lack faith, he remains full of faith. When we're, we have less faith, he remains full of faith. Because the Bible said he can't deny himself. So when you're not sure how God's going to do it or he's not doing it according to your pattern or he's not doing it when or how maybe you expected judge him faithful judge him faithful remember how I started off this tonight I said well I'm just trusting God or I'm just trusting God. That's the difference between judging you and your ability and judging the ability of God. Judge and don't budge. So what do I want you to remember tonight? Control is not the goal. If I've learned anything after I've learned everything, it's this. It's all about surrendering to God. It's all about keep laying it down Keep laying down my thoughts, my opinions, and embracing what he said. Control's not the goal. Make your aim his aim. Your aim might have been to have a perfect life, get this degree, married by this age, living in this house with these kids in a perfect scenario with no problems. But what happens when something twists and turns and the unexpected or didn't go exactly how you expected? And so it's not about you controlling. It's about you continuing to say, I'm going to judge him faithful. I'm going to judge him faithful. He's still a healer. He's still a deliverer. He's still a restorer. He's still a provider. I'm going to judge him as that because that's what the word says about him. This, in spite of what has happened, what I've caused, or what's going on around me, I'm going to judge and I'm not going to budge. Judge and don't budge. That's our phrase for the night. So right now in your life, there might be something or some things that you think you're trusting God on and you're actually controlling.
okay, God, we're going somewhere, but I'm driving. <laughs> we are, I'm going forward with God, but I'm, I got the keys, I've got the steering wheel. As long as you got the steering wheel, your aim's not the same. I don't know who that's for, but right now, wherever you're at, judge him faithful. Judge him reliable. Judge him trustworthy. Can we stand?